0: Episode number 46 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Are you confused or bewildered on what to do next? Well, you may simply need to take a retreat. In this episode of Reinventure Me, we're going to talk about how to have a personal planning retreat. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hi, and welcome to episode 46 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about what's next in life. And I'm here with my co host, Armin Asadi. And I'm Larry Gates. And we're, we have some next things coming up in our own lives. That's right. We always do. Actually, mine starts on Friday. I'm going to take a personal planning retreat.
1: Oh that's how this whole thing got sparked that's right (laughs) i didn't even think about that
0: (laughs) so we're just going with it we're going to talk about how to have a personal planning retreat in this episode of reinventure me
1: I like it. I, I I'm narcissistic, I think, because I thought this was all based on me, and I forgot it's actually
0: because you're <laughs> taking a retreat this weekend. No, we can make it about you, Armin. That would be that would be fun too. <laughs> well, no, but... it's not about you. It's uh, it's about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, actually,
0: Armin and I were talking today about well, what should we uh, what should we talk about for our show, and uh, realized that uh, you know I've got something coming up. I need to do a little preparation for a little thinking about it. I mentioned it to Armin. He's like, great, I do these too. So. We are uh, looking forward to sharing with you some, some of our thoughts about how to have a personal planning retreat, and it's uh, something that uh, we, you know we need to be kicking around. Well, I mean, the biggest reason, to be honest, why I want to do this with you, Larry,
1: is I just started doing this, and I've been doing it for oh a whole year now, so All wealth, right. wealth of knowledge to share. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But I, I have no strategy. I have no structure. It's just something I realized I needed to do. But I know you've been doing this for, what,
0: a couple of decades or more now, right? Yeah, I guess I've been doing it for a while. I thought I've been doing doing it for about 15 years. But I talked to Anna and she says, no, it's more like 25 years. To
1: 30 probably. Yeah, well, (laughs) so she
0: said I started doing it when I had kids. So it might have been more an escape (laughs) than a retreat. But uh, I've been doing it for a long time. There's multiple strategies in this retreat. Yeah, that's right. There's all all kinds of things there. I see how this is
1: going. So, I mean, honestly, I I, I need a lot of help because, I mean, even though I did it and it was really helpful, I mean, I was just blindly doing it hoping for the best and it worked out great but i know you have a lot of knowledge and experience to share and that's so personally that's it it's, it's very
0: selfish i just want to gain the knowledge that and experience you have from all this well i don't about. i don't know if you want to call it knowledge and experience or just this guy's having to do it for for a quarter of a century <laughs> yeah. and he still hasn't figured it out but uh I've, yeah I, I think this is gonna be a fun episode we should probably give a little bit of inspiration first and just do think- it
1: Uh, Today's Inspire Me is by uh, Søren Kierkegaard, and uh, he's known at saying, uh, there is nothing with which every man is so afraid as getting to know how enormously much he is capable of doing and becoming. Mm. That's awesome. I love that quote. Yeah.
0: Glad you found it. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that that quote. And, of course, Søren Kierkegaard, the Danish theologian, uh, has a lot of pretty pithy quotes, but this one is really inspiring for me personally because i think many of us live in fear of what we might become hmm. and i think part of that i certainly have felt that myself i have certainly have felt like i'm an ordinary guy and uh, you know w- w- what could possibly be right. uh, god might want to do with my life right and i think that's the thing that keeps people from investing in themselves hmm. and a number of years ago as we mentioned earlier i yeah. i decided Uh, out of my own confusion of where I was headed in my life, that I needed to take some time away and and do that and to take that investment and to believe what Zorin is is talking about here, that there is something uh, that we are capable of doing and becoming that's inside of us that God wants to birth out. But unless we're willing to take the time to evaluate that and to dig into that and to lean into it, we won't ever discover it.
1: Well, let me ask you really quickly before we jump into this whole personal planning retreat thing. Um, why did you, you kind of already mentioned it as that it was because you were confused and you needed help and you started taking it. But is there any other reasons why personal uh, planning retreats
0: is something that you're doing or it's important for anyone to do? Well, I think to yeah, so there's a, there's an evolution here because I think I did start out with a lot of confusion as to where I'm going and what I'm doing. And, Uh, in many ways that hasn't ever changed And this whole, (laughs) I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but you know, our whole podcast is about what's next in life. And we do lean into this idea that we're we're supposed to be evaluating that question on a consistent basis. And if anything is true for me, it is an annual evaluation for Mm me that I, I go out and, and just say, Lord, I'm an open book here. I want to hear from you in a way that, uh, informs the decisions that I'm going to make. And of course we need to do that on a daily basis, but I think it's really important to do it on an intense time. That's just around that question. And uh, so I do that annually and I have done it, the original reason for doing it was really just a matter of where should I go? You know, what are my options? What should I do with my life? All those questions. And that same underlying question keeps is recurring because I don't think you should give up on that question. But it's less about uh, what was frustration for me in the past, where I was more going out of just anger with myself or confusion. And more now, recently, or more in the last, you know, I would say decade or two, not, maybe not two <laughs> decade anyway, yeah. has been more about adjustments more about learning how to settle in and learning what the big life lessons are for me. Hmm. So like while it's still centered around goal achievements, I'm less interested now in the specific accomplishment of a goal as I am in what's the transformational work that that goal is doing in my life. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. that's, that's where my interest is more. And unless I take that time away and reflect on what my pursuit is doing to me, mm-hmm. how it's affecting me, yeah. uh, I won't ever see it. Because I'll be too busy in the pursuit.
1: So I guess the three points I'm taking out from that is it's the whys, at least three whys I'm pulling out is clarity, guidance, Mm -hmm. and evaluation. Yes. Does that sound like? Yeah, those are great. Okay. Yeah.
0: said much more succinctly than I did. That's usually your job (laughs) because I'm the one usually
1: babbling. So I know there's multiple pieces that go into just even thinking about doing a personal planning retreat. What all goes into it for a successful personal planning retreat?
0: Well, I think everybody has to figure out what their own path through a personal planning retreat is that's rewarding and fulfilling for them. So I'll, right. I, I mean, I'll share with you the, the process that I use and go through, and there might be pieces of that that are helpful to our listeners or maybe helpful to you. I know you've gone through a few, and you know you should chime in here too with your own personal oh, experiences. For sure. But for me, the, one of the biggest things is really in the preparation phase of this before I go is to... Get clear about my expectations, and and I'll tell you when I first started going, it was it was out of this frustration about what should I do, and my thought about taking uh, a day and a half at that time. I I now do uh, two days. You know, I used to do a night and and then leave, come back the next day. In this case, I am I'm doing two and well two and a half days, but my expectation back then was that I would go away and I would come back with the answer <laughs> you know it was like uh, you're Moses
1: going in the burning bush exactly and, <laughs>
0: and and i've got an appointment with the bush and it's going to light up right at six thirty p.m when i arrive right. and it's going to you know the lights all the answers are going to come and right. and i'm going to come home and you know sing all the great songs or whatever and just everything <laughs> from then on is happiness and roses <laughs> right and i, I drive back very frustrated that I'm like, okay, well, I spent this time, and I either wasn't effective, I cheated because I got distracted, right. yeah, I slept the entire time, which I probably needed, you That's, know, I probably yeah. just needed the the rest. But the biggest thing that you can do to prepare mm-hmm. to go, or the biggest benefit you can get while you're there, is to have prepared ahead of time and setting your expectations, so that you're you're not expecting that you're going to necessarily come back with the answer. Right. It's going to solve all the problems in your life or answer all the questions. Okay, but you're going because it's a discipline. You're planting seeds that you're sowing that over time are going to reap understanding and wisdom, so that you can make the decisions. And it helps to just ground you a little bit better.
1: So give me some. Give me give me an example of some realistic expectations you've set for yourself.
0: The realistic expectations yeah. I've set for myself. I think that a lot of my expectations have been unrealistic. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> What's an example of that, maybe? Well, so, like, for instance, uh, that I might set an expectation that I will be able to write a book in, in, you know, 90 days. And top of all the other stuff that I have going on, and I have one book that's been written that hasn't yet been published because we couldn't find a a buyer (laughs) for it. Right. And I even went on one of my retreats with the expectation that I was going to finish one of the chapters on that retreat. So that was, like, my personal planning retreat was hijacked by my anxiety to finish one of the chapters Uh, so i would say that i'm i'm a little bit over ambitious with what i expect and it's always i am learning the grace of allowing the time away right to be what it is i like that and that is the important key for me so what else do we got for well in preparation yeah i think this is a harder one for me too is to go by myself now i i used to go just by myself and it was like I was putting myself into solitary confinement. So I felt like I was punishing myself. So that wasn't fun. I bet. But well, I, both
1: of us are very extreme extroverts. Oh, well, we are. Yeah. So that's, you that know, yeah. Difficult.
0: For all of you introverts, you're wondering what what's the problem with that. You know? <laughs> but for us extroverts, we're like, what, what do you do? Especially if you go somewhere where there's no television, there's no internet, you're by yourself. You and the birds. You and the birds <laughs> yeah. and the trees, or whatever. Oh. What do you do with yourself? you know? Yeah. And, and it felt like punishment. <laughs> so I've got the perfect uh, arrangement now. I go up with a friend. We both have separate cabins. Mm. And, and and he and I get together for the meals. Oh, and we brilliant. both process what we're learning huh. at our time. But we don't see each other apart from having a lunch and a dinner together. That's and brilliant. It, that. And it works really, really well. And I look forward to it. It's a highlight of my year every year to do that. Because I get some great time with a good friend. But I also get that time by myself, so I'm not feeling like I'm in solitary confinement. You guys usually do it. Is it summer, spring? We're always doing it in the winter. I used to do it the day after Thanksgiving with Anna. She and I would go out, and I, I know you and... And Ashley had gone out to, to do some personal planning because yeah. I saw the Facebook photos of the to-do list she had for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Three walls. <were> Three walls of <laughs> Post-it note. That uh, was great. Oh my uh,
0: it was God. so funny. And it was small font. Let me just that <laughs> yeah, out she there. had a lot of stuff for you guys to do. I'm sitting well, there going, man, ah, you were gonna have your, you're going to have your year full. No, we used to go, Anna and I used to go uh, the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. We mm. figured that was a great time because mm. everybody has gone off at the shopping malls, we could go and do our thing. But now it's more just me. And I do that in the winter, mm. usually between this time and uh, new year's. Gotcha. So it turns out I'm, I'm heading out this weekend for, for my next retreat. Oh, idea! So anything else that goes in the preparation phase? Well, I planned to plan to bring stuff along with you, you know, uh, reading material. I always bring more books than I crack open. and And I thought, <laughs> Well, one of the things I might do is is pair back the number of books that I bring mm. as opposed to bringing them all and not doing anything with it. But I don't think that's the ticket mm. because I used to go taking all this reading material that I wanted to read and then I'd feel bad that I didn't read it. But now I'm developing the mindset of taking variety so that when I'm there, I can choose what I want to read mm. instead of feeling like I've got to read all of them. Mm. Just pick what I feel like I want to read. So the idea is to allow yourself to just... Breathe and enjoy the time. Bring some books that you want to read. Bring some music along. When I go there, of course, I'm going to northern Minnesota and and in a cabin. Yeah. yeah. The first thing I do is plop wood on the fire. I mean, I sit there, I pull the chair over by the fireplace, I load the thing up, I probably burn more wood than they have in the entire year <laughs> with my just being there because I keep the thing going. I read, I listen to music, I do a lot of writing. I bring my journal, I do a lot of writing. And, wow. and if you haven't Check out our episode on, on journaling on the Reinventure Me podcast. And I think that was episode 24. There's so much more you're going to learn by journaling and writing than, than you can by any other thing. So that's the biggest thing I take yeah. with me is my journal.
1: Is there anything that you avoid bringing, or is there anything that you avoid doing while you're there, and, or maybe even in your preparation that you?
0: Well, all to- the things, yeah, so that's a great question because all the things that keep you from doing it when you're at home. Uh, uh will go with you if, you know, you can't escape your bad habits, right? You, you take them with you, right? So the best way to plan for a good retreat experience is to go somewhere where those distractions are minimized. Uh, the cabin I go to has no phone. It has no television. There is internet. If you try to get it with a weak signal on your phone, <laughs> you know, so gotcha. you have to really work hard to get it. Right. I don't do anything with the internet connection. I go to unplug. Yeah. And I think that's a healthy thing for me because my bad habits will be, Oh, I'll see something interesting on a blog post or something that I want to read. And then pretty soon I'm watching videos on it. I'm reading the news. I'm doing all this other stuff. (laughs) And it's no different than being distracted here at home.
1: Yep. Just being at home.
0: Right. For me, it'd be like a Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, social media. Yeah
1: drug addiction yeah all right so what comes after preparation then so now you have it all planned out what's next
0: yeah so once you get up there or once you go to where you're going um i think it's it's important to at least this is for me i have to remember remind myself that this is my retreat so it's a sandbox okay it's not a racetrack i'm not trying to stay in lanes or go fast i'm playing (laughs) (laughs) Okay, And and because I'm in a sandbox, I can take some time to move something over here or bring mm. something else in. So read when I want to read, walk when I want to walk, take a nap when I want to take a nap. We're not here to produce. Mm. We're here to discover. And wow. it's a total different mind shift for me.
1: That's, that's actually profound for me. We're not here to produce. We're here to discover. Right. I'm always in production mode.
0: Yeah, me too. You and I are a lot alike that way. We're always like, what's next? Okay, got it. What's next after that? Got it. And when it comes to setting goals, you think about, okay, what's all the stuff I've got to do? But you won't discover the best goals for you if you're pushing and producing. Wow. It's got to be through this this more organic, unforced way of going about doing it.
1: That makes it even more crucial for me not to have internet because one of the biggest distractions in my life... Joking aside other than social media is emails if I see an email or if I have my task list or if anything like that that would I would just go straight into work mode yeah, and that would wow so discovery, not production right That's already
0: my biggest takeaway. Yeah, good answers about your life can never be forced mm. you know you, they've got to be coaxed out like a skillful hunter looking for his prey. you've got to coax it well.
1: I love that. All right. So what else do you got on the process?
0: Okay. So now, this, that now once you're like, allow yourself just the freedom to do whatever, and you think, okay, it's time to start dreaming about the future, what I want to do. Now here's where it starts to get fun. Okay. Because you want to make a list of all the things you want to accomplish. Now, here's the ground rules for that. Okay. Go crazy. All right. Do not constrain your list. This is brainstorming. Put it out there. No matter how wild it is just put it out there because remember yeah. you're not trying to produce. If you get in a production mindset, the only things you put on your page are things you think you can do. Oh wow. You you're, start yeah. to limit what you put on your page because you think about the resources you have to do it. Oh, 100%. I can't. There's no way I can do that. I'm not going to go on the list. So yep. what what we start with huh. where it gets fun is you just say imagine I had infinite resources mm-hmm. and infinite time. And talent. And talent. What would be fun? <laughs> what would I enjoy doing? Right. What would bring out the very fun things inside of me? And so just keep that list going. Don't don't let it, uh, it be limited. Hmm. One of the things that God has really taught me uh, over the past year and a half is not to limit the size of my vision based on my own resources. Oh, wow. When I do that, I don't honor who he is. And I don't depend on him and others to help get it done. And frankly... Hmm. If a vision is the size of me, it's not very inspiring. Wow. So in order to have an inspiring vision, start getting the things out that you think would be fun to do, the things that you would enjoy doing. And you have to throw the constraints of whether you think you can do it aside for Mm -hmm. now. That'll come later. I'm
1: assuming that you think this is probably common sense or... You, why am I even saying this, but I, this is actually profound for me to listen to i don't know I, I I don't know if you know that, but it's if more than profound it's freeing for me to listen to these guidelines mm. because they're getting rid of my rules of what I need to do, how I need
0: to do it, what I need to accomplish it's yeah you're trying to drive in the lanes, yes, and look at all the here's the steps you take, yeah, right, yeah and
1: and I'm structuring it too much where you're just like you said, you're making a sandbox to play in. It's freeing. I, f- I, f- I feel freedom thinking about it. It makes me more excited to do it where before I was just thinking, oh, man, here's another two days isolation. I'm going to go stir crazy, start talking to myself. Mm-hmm. There's nobody around. But now that I just and it's just brain dumping, getting,
0: getting it all out. Right. It's not about what I can and can't do. I love it. I love yeah. it. Keep going. What else okay. Do you okay. So once you get the list, once you get the big list, then it's time to take a break. You know, you've done your initial brainstorming. The yeah. way you add to that list, because we're still trying to build on the list, is right. now you start to say, okay, what did I, what worked well this last year? What did I enjoy about what I did? Okay. What am I frustrated that I didn't get done? Mm. How do I evaluate that? Now, the idea here, again, is we're not on a witch hunt, we're on a heart hunt. So you're not to be self-critical because it's so easy when you sit there and you look about the last year and you go, oh gosh, you know, 365 days went by and I didn't get anything done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, A, that's probably not true. And B, even if it is, that's not the point. The point is to say what is still inside of you that you want to get done. So sometimes the key to your biggest area of frustration is the key to to what you're really wanting to do. Hmm. As long as it's not a should, you know, it's a have to, uh, got to get this done or whatever. Yeah. Get down to why that is, and so find out what it is. When you look back over your last year, what new ideas does that cause you to put on your list? Hmm. Okay, so now you've got more th- things on your list. Let that sink in. You know, use a day to just build your list out. Just, Doesn't that list get so
1: big though? That
0: you yeah, said. for sure. No wor- no worries. Okay. Let it go. There's right. no rules here. Read a book, listen to some music, think of another idea, put it on the list, right? right. Okay. So now once you've got this list down, now you can move into finding your why. Huh. Okay. So look at the list and pick some of the things that are really kind of out there, inspiring. The ones that when you see it, you go, oh, I have a special affinity toward that one. Then write down why is that important to you? Hmm. For each of those, write down why. And what you'll find when you do that, oftentimes, is that there's a number of them that share the same why. Mm. You have the same reason for doing a number of those things, right? Mm. Now you're starting to get to the point where some things are starting to make sense. You can see what some of your inner motivation is. You're getting a sense of your mission and your vision. And we did an episode on that, too, our listeners can go to. Once you get all that, now it gets a little bit more interesting because now you're starting to see what are the whys and pick the ones that are, you know, you might want to just circle the ones that have the same Y to yeah. them and now pick three. Huh. And it almost doesn't matter which three. Now, here's, here's why I say that. Now, yeah. I know you look confused when yeah, I say yeah, that yeah. because the goal here is not entirely about the goal. We're not producing, we're discovering. Ah, uh, I see where you're going okay. back to. Okay. So now pick three, mm-hmm. and with those three, then you're going to do a little deeper dive into your own internal workings. Because what you want to do for each of those three, I would suggest just write them down on a piece of paper and then put three columns and label the top column past, label the this middle column present, label the third column future.
1: All right, I see where you're going. All right? Yeah.
0: Now in past... Right up there where you wrote the word past, also write the word failure. Oof. Okay? All right. And in that column, for each of those three goals, write down how you might have failed in doing something similar to that goal in the past. Hmm. What does that tell you? In the middle column, where it says present, because see, past is all about failure, right? We look back in the past and we say, that's how we failed. Middle column is all about fatigue. Hmm. So where the present is, is fatigue. So how in, for each of those goals, how does your present load the things that you're carrying, the, the responsibilities that you have, how do you judge your ability to do that goal given your current load? And mm-hmm. what does that tell you about what you're tired of or carrying, right? So Very that's your present. The third column is the future, which is fear. Fear is always about the future. That's true. Fatigue is always about the present. Failure is always about the past. Wow. So now think about each of those three goals and say, what am I fearful of? Mm. uh, As I try to think about leaning into those goals, what fears come out? Now you've got a a three by three grid or a nine box grid. Yeah. Three goals, fears, uh, failures, and fatigues for each of those. Mm. Now look and see where your themes are. Those themes are the things that are going to sabotage any goal in your life. So as soon as you figure out what those common themes are, where you say, oh, you know, I have this common theme that's recurring that says, I sabotage my goals because I believe that I haven't been successful in the past on a similar goal, and I'm doomed to repeat that failure. Yeah. Okay. So once you start seeing the theme, then... You know, you can go back to our, our habit episode. I forgot what episode number that was. Uh, but we can go back to our habit episode and say, okay, so what habits can I put in place that might overcome that theme, that threat? Because that mm. threat is going to undermine any goal I pick. Mm. So once you figure out what that is, it might be like, for instance, if that belief was that you were not going to succeed because you've tried again, maybe the, the habit or the action step you can take is one to hire a coach Or it might be to uh, write a truth that says past behavior is no indicator of future performance, you know, or something that's more freeing. Uh, The apostle Paul saying, forgetting what lies behind, I strain toward what lies ahead. You could say that every morning. I'm going to forget what lies behind. I'm going to strain to what lies ahead and use that as your way to repattern your thinking about that particular goal or any goal that you might choose for that matter.
1: I, I love the whole grid concept because even you breaking down past failure, present fatigue, and future fear, I've never heard it or seen it or described in that way. And it's, and it's all true. Because at first I was thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to write past and failure. I don't want to think about my failures. But as soon as you went down the rest of the process, it made so much sense. Yeah. I mean, I I said it earlier, you kind of have it down into a science and you kind of
0: uh, dismiss that, but I mean that grid makes it sound like a mathematical scientific <laughs> process that you're creating. Well, it, it, it sounds that way, but of course when you're starting to look inside, all of that stuff is very gunky, it's messy. Right. And it, it you're really doing the hard work of leaning into what's what are the core threats to what whatever goal that you would choose. Right on. That's why I said it almost doesn't matter what three goals you pick, mm-hmm. because the idea here is the discovery of the things that threaten any goal that you'd pursue Mm. because far too many of us don't choose the goals that are hardest. We choose the goals that avoid those threats that that are slam dunks for us. Path of least resistance. Path of least resistance stuff. And when you can see that many of the things that we think are threatening aren't really that threatening, Mm. you just need to be aware of what it is. It releases you into looking at yourself much more capably, which is what I I like Soren Kierkegaard's quote because it allows us to look in the lens yeah. and say hey we're capable of much so much more but we're self-limiting because of all those fears that we have or those sense of failures or those threats or whatever.
1: Right. What I like about this is the fact that it's forcing well especially I'll just talk for myself but it's forcing me to dig into something that I would probably like to avoid which is my failures, my fears, And I'll dig into my fatigue, what's fatiguing me, Mm -hmm. my fears and failures I'll probably avoid. Yeah. So I like where that's going. So is there anything else that you would
0: think is crucial for me to know when it comes to the process? Well, I think that uh, once you have all those down, then you can back up and say, okay, so which of the goals do I want to pick? Yeah. Picking three, I think, is really good for a year. Yeah. And just say, what three can I, and, and can I make them smart? You know, So the, the idea is you want to create three goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. That's the SMART acronym. And the, the idea there is that just you pick those three that are going to be that way and then start to create a plan for it. Now, at the retreat, I mean, this is enough to get through what I'm just talking about. If you do it relaxed and unhurried, it's going to be enough for you to do that in a retreat to mm. get that kind of discovery. Okay. So actually working out the project plan for how you then pursue those three goals, I think you can do post-retreat. I think that's something that you can do as part of the ongoing practice that you have in, okay. in, in once you get back. Personally, I think the discovery of what are those threats internally and, and picking three goals for the year, mm. that's enough. Now, one of the things that I've done in the last few years that has been huge for me just in terms of thinking about it is finding a word, one word that describes the experience that Mm. uh, I think God's calling me into. And like, for instance, this last year was the word engage. And there were certain things that I needed to lean into and engage and not be uh, fearful about. Mm. So I picked that word engage and it's been a word that I've been using over the past year. Whenever I, I sense that I'm not engaging Uh, I remember my retreat and that call to lean into it and engage instead of being passive or or, um, avoiding something. Wow, I like that.
1: So uh, it sounds like we got three pieces to this, and there's the preparation piece, there's the process of how it's done, and then it sounds like what you just described is the practice of what to do after or post retreat. Mm -hmm. So does that sound like a good three piece breakdown or is there anything else?
0: Well, the, the, yes. And in terms of the practice piece of it, I think just as I put your plan together, find out what habits you can do to, to cement those. We, we did an episode on habits episode 21 and then just, have a regular review of that, whether it's monthly or sometimes you might want to just do a quarterly review and, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not difficult. The hard part is really getting at the important goals, okay. the ones that are, are bold and courageous for you.
1: Okay. Well, I'm scared to ask for this last piece, but, um, feel free to challenge me with whatever <laughs> you think I need
0: to be doing next.
1: Well, how about this? <laughs> how about just do it? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, I think you, you're, you're planning a retreat for yourself here anyway, aren't you?
1: I, I haven't yet. I haven't planned the next one yet. Too much chaos lately. But I, I, I mean, obviously, after this, I'm going to have to.
0: Well, oh. good. I, I think it'll be great. And if you follow that approach, I'd love to hear it. Any of you that are planning or thinking that you need to plan a retreat for yourself, I'd love to hear your feedback as well. Armin and I could both benefit from getting your experiences. Especially me. And <laughs> Well, I, I as well. I would love to hear from our listeners on the approaches they take in their personal planning retreats. So if you have some experience in doing that and you have something you'd like to share with us, love to have you leave a comment for us at reinventure.me slash four six. That's where you can find the show notes for this episode. And we'd love to hear from you and have any comments that you might have for us. Feel free to leave a remark there or let your friends know about this episode that might be considering going out on a personal planning retreat or might need to to take one. We'd also love to hear from you on our show line at 612-314-5447. Well, that's more than all the time that we have. <laughs> We're, we probably ran a little bit long in this episode, but Armin and I uh, just uh, appreciate you uh, being a part of this show. And uh, of course, we'd love to hear back from you. But uh, until next week, this is uh, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. We're saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.